get into the word, I think I've got kind of a long way to go tonight. And what I'll try to do is not force everything into tonight's word. What is God asking for? We don't do titles or topical messages because we want to give you an educational curriculum. It's not the case. We are led by the Spirit. And what God says when he looks down in the house tonight and as our global pastor has been leading us is faith. God is bringing us to a place where our faith will be nation worthy. So I ask you everyone to listen to me tonight. And you know when I say these things, what I'm actually saying, in case you have not come to understand my repetition of these words, what I'm actually saying to you is, Get yourself to a place whereby your spirit, your spiritual ears are open. Where you begin to respond to what God is saying. We are in an amazing time, guys. We are at a time where God wants to begin to raise a generation. And in case, I'm going to go here and there, but I'm going to take you to, I think we're going to stick with Matthew today. But what I want you to understand is faith. But more so, understand that the reason why God speaks to us and speaks to us in the manner that he does is because you are revival. And I know we've heard revival so many times, but I want you to hear me. And again, saying that you hear me is the ability to silence the voices in your own ears so that you can hear what God is saying. You are revival. We are revival. And because of this, what God looks for is to make sure that we are at the right setting because revival is not the incoming of many souls. That's the effect of revival. I've taught you this before. That's the effect of revival. But revival is Beryl. Revival is Elohim. Revival is Lydia. A state that you enter where all men that are close to you, all men that are far from you, when they come in contact with you, either by your word or physically, they will be drawn to a reconnection with God. When somebody sees you, they feel the urge, the need to get closer to God. So what God says to us tonight is that all things that are spoken is to prepare us for nations. But what God says to us tonight is that greater faith is needed for the nations. Again, I say it like this, a faith that is nation worthy. And I couldn't have started it better, but I definitely will have to go back to those scriptures that Pastor Paris gave us. And we'll begin to draw similarities. Now, if I'm going to speak to you about greater faith, we're going to have to look at both ends. So we're going to have to look at when Christ will come to his disciples. And I'm more excited that tonight's words are Christ's words. So you can choose to do whatever you want to do with his words. But Christ at times will come across people and say, oh, you of little faith. And we're going to have to examine little faith and greater faith so that we can know where we are. Are you with me tonight? So I, I, I want us to, let's get actually, let's get some of these scriptures. Faith comes by hearing. Let's get these scriptures out of the way in quotes, out of the way. Let's get them as a foundation to what God says to us tonight. Faith comes by hearing, right? Have you found the scripture yet? Get um, Hebrews 11.6 as well. So go to Romans 10.17. IB. Have you got it? Go for it. Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message. Consequently, 
Faith comes by hearing the message, yeah? And the message is heard through the word about Christ. And that message, so there's an encrypted message. There's a hidden message when you hear the when somebody stands up in front of you or sit down or begin to speak the word whether it's through this camera setting right now this live broadcast or when you're in the room with your bible open two or three of you are gathered in his name when someone begins to speak the word what happens is that at that moment God tries to bring to you a hidden message this message is hidden in the words about Christ why did I have to start with this? When we speak about Christ, what God is actually trying to do is to get something through to you that will enable you to have faith. Read it once more for me, please. Consequently, yeah. faith comes from hearing the message. Faith comes from hearing the message, right? But the message is heard through the word about Christ. So when I say, are you hearing? What I'm actually saying is that as you hear me speak about Christ... What God is trying to do and get through to you is a message. In that message is every power, is every faith to bring into manifestation God's word. So you can agree with me or you could probably understand with me why there are some people who come into the house of God and they eventually drop out and you ask them where is their faith and they said that I've been going church and nothing changed for me. What I know is that their ears were not open. They did not receive the message. Remember that as much as this word is for everyone, God is picking some people. He's relating some messages. There's, there's a love language that God is speaking to the heart that is ready for him. That is ready to, to, to what word would I use? I don't want to use the word submit themselves because it's more than that. You know, last week I made a comment that I'll make room for two. It's not proper. Uh, what God said to me, let me tell you what God said to me, that Pastor Obi, you're at the threshold of your life. At this point in your life, what you're fighting, your biggest fight, you're, uh, you're getting closer and closer to the biggest fight in your life. He said that this fight is too common. This fight is also common with the COD family, with the nation family. And this fight is the fight not against Satan, but the fight against yourself. It's the fight against yourself. You're going to think why I mentioned that. Stay with me tonight. This fight where at a threshold where Jacob will have to get himself alone. And when he's alone, he's going to have to fight until Israel is produced. Because there's a manner of man. And remember I said to you, and oh God, I hope you hear me tonight. Remember I said to you that there's a flesh that can learn how to imitate the things of the spirit. There's the flesh that knows how to go and look for. I think I was speaking to, to Birmingham last year and I said to you, I spoke a word about God's word that is over the man that God wants to use. You would see a man that because of a word by flesh, he would try to bring it into manifestation. But what God is actually saying is that flesh can't carry this. This is not you and me. This is if you allow me, then I carry you. So again, going back into the scripture, it says, Consequently, faith will come from hearing the message that is hidden in the message about Christ. So my prayer for everyone tuned in is that you will not see Pastor Obi, but you will hear the words of Christ. You will hear the words of Christ to the place where you hear the message. You know, just to help you with some of these things. You know, Pastor Toby taught us something one time. When the Bible says, honor your parents... 
everyone can hear that word, right? But if your heart is tuned, God will begin to make it clear to you what honoring parents is. So for somebody, honoring parents can be um, um, giving them, giving money to them, helping them. That can be honoring parents. It can be likewise or it can be different for someone else. But again, because this is, isn't my focus tonight, I really want to get into greater faith. I want you to remember this as we start the word, that faith comes by the ability to hear. So my prayer all day and my prayer again publicly to everyone is that God will give you ability to really hear though. Hebrews 11 verse 6. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. You know, before we get there, let me say this though. I messaged someone and I'm with faith, I believe that they're tuning. And I didn't ask them to tune in because I'm speaking. I asked them to tune in because anyone that is part of this family, and let me speak to the family first. Everyone, anyone that's part of this family will be able, if you're sensitive, to know that something is around the corner in the nation family. Something great is around the corner. In fact, before we go there, let's go to Hebrews 10. I instructed someone to make sure they're tuned in tonight based on the repetition the overemphasis that Pastor Toby has made on gathering, on fellowship. And I want you to look at that. Are you there? Hebrews 10, 25, go on. Not giving up. Sorry, verse 24. Go on. And let us consider how we may spur one another. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards what? Love and good deeds. Yeah. Not giving up meeting together. Not giving up meeting together. Why? As some are in the habit of doing. Some have entered the habit. Another translation will say that some left Christianity and returned to, um, to Judaism. Now, why is that important? You know, when people don't have faith to carry them, do you know what happens to them? They return to their former culture. They return to what they're used to. They give up on Christ. But the Bible says that, you see, in times like this, we should not give up. We should not grow weary. We should not get tired. We should not find it overbearing. Another translation actually says that we should actually be doing it more frequently. We should not get tired about gathering, about the fellowship. Why? Because but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. If you're carnal, you cannot see that day. You know, someone will quickly say, and I know some translation says the day is Christ coming, but some people did not see that day in their day. No, but do you know what they saw? The day when God takes over them. Do you know why Satan hates gathering so much? He has seen it before. He has seen what gathering has done to him. He saw Peter, John, Thomas, all of those people run away when persecution came upon Christ. But you see what Christ told them to do. Christ gathered them back and said, listen, do not leave this place. In other words, maintain a place, maintain a state of fellowship until I come until another helper come, until the advocate come, until power comes. So do you know why Satan hates gathering so much? Because the last gathering in the upper room made menaces out of weak people. 
it, it, it brought people that would take the nations. Peter, who was formerly afraid when fellowship led him to the place where the Holy Spirit would consume him. The Bible actually lets us know that Peter now no longer afraid, but what produced that fellowship? Are you listening to me? So the reason why, you see why I told people, don't leave the place of fellowship because what Satan wants to do, he has seen what fellowship, what gathering of the saints has done before and what he wants to do is stop it or make you missing from it. I told you confidently, nothing will stop me. You know, I was praying today and I was rejoicing about labor room yesterday. Forgive me how I go tonight. If you have time with me, you have time with me. Uh, I, was, I was celebrating labor room yesterday i have heard the complaints of neighbors and all of these things that's fine but i celebrate the fact that when prayer came you know i I said i'm speaking to you about faith you know one of the things going ahead of myself greater faith you know an expression of greater faith is believing that god will supply your needs and why I said it's greater faith is because not everyone believes that God will supply their needs. So we panic. Pastor Toby taught us on Sunday that the, the flaw of the disciples was that they anticipated something bad. Nothing bad had yet happened, but they had the anticipation, those of little faith. Those of proximity were still little faith. I said to God, if we get kicked out in the house because of what we're doing for the things of God, let it be. But my faith tells me God will supply my every need. And I said it's greater faith because not everyone believes that. As simple as it is. But God did not come here tonight in order to condemn. God came here tonight in order to impart. I said to a few people today, your prayer for the family is an impartation of faith. What God is going to begin to do is stretch out a helping hand to Peter. Those that are called to lead, which is you. Are you listening to me? You're called to lead a generation. You're called to restore a generation. You're called to revive a generation. And what God is going to do is that he sees your state right now. That it's in the realm of little. But what Christ is going to do is stretch out a helping hand. And bring you to a place of greater faith. So what do we do in the meantime? Don't give up on the fellowship. Don't give up on the coming together. Because what we see is the day fast approaching. And trust me, if you really do see that day, what is having a house or not having a house? If you really see that day. Let's go back to Hebrews 11 verse 6. Uh, I'm itching to get into the Word, but I'm not going to rush it tonight. So when you're tired, you can log off. Um, When you're tired, you can walk out. Amen. Go on. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. So can we agree with one another that the Bible did not say it's without holiness? The Bible did not say it's without prayer. The Bible says it's without faith. You see, without faith, it is impossible. Meaning if I am the most holiest but I have no faith. You know, there's a self, um, there's a self, um, what's the word now? Self-righteousness you can enter where it's no longer faith. You can be naturally disciplined or away from temptation and it's no longer faith. It's just your discipline. No, the Bible says without faith, it is impossible. Are you hearing me? It's impossible to please God. Like God is not moved by any other thing other than faith. Is my giving faith or my own ability? Is my speaking tonight faith 
or my own ability is my leading faith or my own ability because what scripture says to us as we start tonight it says it is impossible without faith to please God because anyone who comes to him go on must believe that he exists they must to COD listen to me here the Bible says if anyone wants to come to him they must it's not like maybe you must believe he exists and you see that believing that he exists will actually begin to determine the way you move the way you speak the way you think uh, so I believe he exists and in fact let's see what the next part says he exists and what and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him in fact read it in the message as well it says that he rewards those who earnestly seek him listen to me you're giving today you're spending time in the word you're taking risks in order to propagate or to bring forth God's word will not be in vain it's seeking are you listening to me? Don't forget, we're still seekers, you know. So what does message um, version say? Go on. By an act of faith, Enoch skipped death completely. I love that. He did the impossible by an act of faith. It was not in his ability. It was an act of faith. He, he did a deed that when you look at that deed, all you can see is faith about it. And he skipped death. I love the way he says it, but go on. They looked all over and couldn't find him because God had taken him. They looked all over. Men were trying to search for where Enoch was. Enoch's faith had brought him out of the realm of men. What God is going to do with each and every one listening to me tonight is going to lift you. He's going to remove you from the realm of men and bring you to the realm of God's. When they saw Daniel, they said he was one. He was like one that had the spirit of God's. They said that whatever was going to be spoken or the interpretation or the, the ability to, to tell us what this dream means is not going to be in his own ability. It was going to be in what? The fact that there was a spirit in him. God lifted him from the realm of men. But carry on reading, go on. We know on the basis of reliable testimony that before he was taken, he pleased God. The only thing that we can account is that the reason why he was able to skip death was because he pleased God. Did you hear me? Do you remember why I spoke to you about death last week? He was able to skip death. He was able to be removed from a place because he pleased God. Carry on reading, go on. It's impossible to please God apart from faith. And why? Because anyone who wants to approach God must believe both that he exists yeah. and that he cares enough to respond to those. Don't allow your own fear. Don't allow the words of your community. Don't allow the words of your household or of your present circumstance tell you that God does not care enough to respond. The Bible says that if you believe he exists, he is also someone that is careful enough to respond to what you're saying so i know the prayers i pray in the closet i know that there's a good god that hears me jesus christ boast on boasted on his relationship he got to a place where he said to the disciples you know what whatever i have not yet known what your prayers may be but whatever he did not put a cap to their prayers religion puts cap
taps to the prayers but faith Christ said that whatever you ask in my name based on our relationship he will do unto you as you have asked so I want you to hear me tonight that God is still careful enough to respond to the answers or to the questions that is in your heart but you must be daring enough to speak you must be daring enough to believe he exists he's more real to us than he is to a friend he's not like a friend he's not like the person next to me he knows every thought in our hearts are you hearing what i'm saying to you so tonight god says again that i want to bring you to a realm which we call greater faith but let's start actually with mustard seed do you remember the scripture about the mustard seed matthew 17 let me see where it is matthew 17 yeah start from verse 14 When they came to the crowd, yeah. a man approached Jesus and knelt before him. Yeah. Lord, have mercy on my son, he said. He said, have mercy on my son. What had happened prior to this? The, a man who was troubled with the demon that was troubling his son came to believers, came to those who are of proximity because he thought proximity means the ability to manifest. No, like Pastor Paris said tonight, and that's going to be my point. The ability to manifest is the ability to believe the word. It's not in proximity. It's if I hear Christ, it's if I hear the words of my leader. How many times have I said to you, I am not leading because I'm able to lead. I'm leading because I heard a word spoken to me. So what I pray tonight is things I say to God, God, do not stop me hearing enable me to hear keep speaking to me because my ability to progress in life to advance in life is subject to one thing what is that thing the ability to believe are you hearing what i'm saying to you but my belief system is what makes the word work for me so what i want to show you first before i take you to the story of peter and then the centurion and then the canaanite woman what i want to take you into is what offends god therefore what offends God? Your sin? Carry on reading, go on. Lord, have mercy on my son, he said. Have mercy on my son, yeah? He has seizures and is suffering greatly. This boy is suffering. For his sake, have mercy on me. This is my situation, Lord. And this situation has not yet changed. So, Lord, I ask you for mercy. Attend to my case. Well, carry on reading, go on. He often falls into the fire or into the water. Yeah. I brought him to your disciples. You understand when it means he often falls into fire and water. These are elements that man cannot stop with their own power. These are elements, these are situations that are unbearable for a father to watch his son go through. He's basically saying these are situations that I cannot help. So Lord, have mercy, go on. I brought him to your disciples, yeah. but they could not heal him. They couldn't. They are your disciples. This is the problem with the church. The world is looking for relief, but they come to the church and the church cannot give them that relief. They are the ones of proximity, but they are the ones of little faith. We thought faith means that you're always following. That's not faith. 
But carry on reading. Go on. You unbelieving and perverse generation. Jesus you look replied. at Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was met one day with a, a woman called Mary who had, what, seven demons, right? Or one day he was met with a woman from Samaria who also had how many husbands? But God never showed, Christ never showed resentment to them. There was never a, a talk of an offense there. The only place you can see an offense from Christ was when he saw little faith. It's an offense to God to not believe. So what pleases God? Faith. What offends God? Unbelief. So he looks at the people and please, in case you've not read it this way, when he said he looked at the people, when he said you've been unbelieving and perverse generation, he was not talking to the father of this boy. He was talking to who? The disciples. What God is raising in this time is a new generation, a breed whose faith intimidates, whose faith is, is audacious. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Their faith is not like the former generation. They were not mingling with little. You unbelieving and perverse generation, yeah? Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put with you? How long should I stay with you? Bring here the boy to me. God says, how long would I be here? How long would I show you? How long would I speak? How long would I begin to reveal myself to you, yet you operate in little faith? How long would you write down notes, but yet lack to have faith? How long would you be given, but lack to have faith? God says that this is what he has to put up with. His, his, his grievance wasn't actually with the world. God actually says he loves the world. But what he actually had a grievance with were those who lacked the faith he was looking for. I, I highlighted to you the other day that the scripture actually says to us that when Christ returns, he's coming for looking for one thing. We see in one scripture, it says he's looking, what he wants to receive is a blameless church. But another word says that he's looking for faith. So what is blameless? Not a church without sin, but a church that is faithful. A church that is full of faith, a people that is full of faith. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? I keep repeating this so your ears will be open. Bring, here the, bring the boy to me, yeah? Jesus rebuked the demon. I love this part. Go on. And it came out of the boy. Easy. This was a boy tormented, but it took what? A word. It took a rebuke. It was not going to be money being spent. It was going to be that there was the utterance of a word. And not just the utterance of a word, but the utterance of a word from a man who believes. Go on. And he was healed at that moment. Yeah. Then the disciples came to Jesus in private and asked, why couldn't we drive it out? So now these are the questions we should ask. Why were gang members here before us? Why can we not drive them out? Please don't get... Listen, don't become spiritual because you know Bible. Don't, don't feel like you're powerful because you know Bible. There must be deeds that prove that there's God accrediting your life. There must be certain things. The church show boats themselves to themselves but have no fruit in the world. What God said to me is that, listen, your work was to go out, not stay within. Staying within is so that you can get the power. COD, I really need you to hear me with tonight. 
God wants us to get the power to therefore go out. So it's the fruits of what I see you do outside that will make me know that yes, indeed, you have faith. So the disciples, and like we do tonight, we ask God, why were we not able to drive these things? Why does gang members, and do I believe that gang members will cease? Yes, because there's nothing impossible for God. It will cease. It will become a thing that gang activity won't look. It won't be popular. People that are there, it will increasingly, because our generation will rise in greater faith. And people will be born from us. We will spread, we will spread, spread. Sorry, the revival message, this state of revival, to a place that people will know that this is. And listen, if there are people that don't believe in this message, when we bring it to them, for example, with gang members, I'm using that as example tonight, they will just be wiped out. That's what will happen. But what will not again happen from our generation? I refuse it. That things that would lasted before us that came before us we came and we was not able to change it now someone say why are you bothered about gang members let me tell you why because destiny brought us here this is not you know for another country we're not faced with for example the fight against religion if you was born in a in a another country maybe your fight is against religion you're you're afraid to show that you're christian because it will actually cost you your life for us destiny when god decided to bring down an elohim or a regime he decided to put you in the midst of a problem he says sort it out so i'm not going to allow christianity or church to make us you know you feel powerful because you feel some things in you know show me deeds then the disciples came to Jesus in private and asked, and I can imagine what was running through their mind. They're thinking, we walk with you every day. We are not living like everybody else. But why do we struggle to perform? Why couldn't we drive it out? And this is the response of Christ. And I want us all to hear it. Go on. He replied, because you have so little faith. This is where we start tonight. The reason why you couldn't was because your faith is little. But you see, why we need to pay attention to the scriptures because he says your faith is little and then he compares the faith you should have as something being little. So we need to understand this tonight. He said, he replied, because you have so little faith. This is the reason why you could not bring a change. Your faith was little. You know, another translation or another account of this story says you have no faith. What you didn't know, actually, guys, is that little faith is actually equivalent to none. It's actually no faith. Remember that these men were not calling another God. These disciples were working and walking with Christ. Yet Christ will say that their faith was like nothing. And he says, truly, I tell you, if you're daring to believe, look at what he says next. Go on. Truly, I tell you, yeah. if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, if you seed, have faith as small as a mustard seed, yeah, you can say to this mountain, you can say to this mountain. Another translation says, you will say. In fact, go to the New King James. It says in that, trans in that way. New King James. So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith, go on. As a mustard seed. He says, see here, he said it properly. He didn't say as small. Because it's not talking about the littleness of faith. He's saying that if you understand faith, when you look at a mustard seed, a farmer understands that mustard seed. 
they do not put away the size of a mustard seed because in it is greatness. A mustard seed will grow to become one of the biggest trees. So it's not actually the size of the seed. It's what that seed can produce. So God says, if you understand the power of faith, if you understand the operations of faith, you will go on. If you have faith as a mustard seed, yeah. you will say to this you mountain. You will say that he didn't say, you know, so that's why I took you away from the NIV. The NIV said you can, meaning like it's optional. No, but Christ actually says in the King James and in the New King James, it says, if you understand the operations of faith, if you do not look at it as being small and insignificant, if you are daring to believe and understand the power again, the operations of faith, what would then happen is that you will say, so I know and we can now point out a person who don't have faith, they will never speak. A person that does not have faith will be afraid to say. The Bible says, Christ says, if you have, oh God, are you listening to me? If you have faith, you will say it's not an option. Your mouth would begin to speak. Your heart will begin to draw up the pictures and the imaginations of God and your mouth will agree with what you see and you will speak. If you understand these operations, if you understand that if you ask, I said to one of your brothers in your group, don't just be someone that organizes things. Sit with your people. You've seen the faith that comes out of the story of Daniel. That Daniel in himself was not wise, but he had the fellowship he returned to. He would say to the king, I can give you your answer, even though he did not know the answer. And he will go back to his fellowship, his group of four. And he will begin to say, let us pray. Because we have access, let us pray for the understanding of this dream. And God who is careful enough to respond overnight will give them the revelation, will give them the dream and the interpretation. And they can go back and their deeds will prove that they are actually children of God. So I want you to hear me again. If you're really a person of faith in your various groups, in your careers, in your life, in your relationships, in your finances, you will not be withheld from speaking. You will say, despite I do not have anything today, you will say this month, I will raise 50K for the good of God's gospel. Why? Because you have faith. What the disciples had, they had a mustard seed, but they did not understand it. They had access to faith, but they did not understand it. They thought it's positive speaking. They thought it's positive confessions. In fact, for some people, they don't even believe that God exists. So when they're saying it, they feel like there's no power behind it. But I believe, I believe, and you should too, that God exists. I believe he does. I believe he's nearer to me than anyone here. So if I say something in the quiet, he hears it. And everyone else will see it. He says, if you understand these operations, you will say, if I was you in your families and whatever your business is, I will begin to speak. I'll begin to say something because I am a man, a woman of faith. I'm a person of faith and faith tells me you will say. You will not look at your situations. You see the problem? People say according and that's why I'm going to take you to Peter. People see according or say according to what they see outside. But what you're supposed to be saying is according to what you see inside. There are men that follow me today because they were witnesses with me. When we used to live on my mother's sofa, they were witnesses with me that God said 
that we should go out for this. We had nothing physically to make us go there other than that God put a word oh God other that we understood that it was by faith it was by we know by faith that by the words of God that the worlds were framed so I understand that principle I understand that truth I understand that God is bigger than any storm I understand that God is bigger than any lack I understand that Jesus Christ said to me and this is why I said that the message for your faith is in the words of Christ Christ said one day that look that even the lilies were more beautiful more beautifully dressed than Solomon it was God that dresses them are you more important are you not more important than the lilies of the field so I do not look at my today I don't look at the things I lack what I must be looking every day is am I still receiving word into my heart is there still something to confess is there still something to say or have I become a carnal man that sees storms as storms or am I still a spiritual man who is who, who has been reserved what God is going to do with each and every one of us. Why is God speaking to us in this manner? So that you can now know, you know, you will bear me witness. I began to say to some people last year, 2020, that now I know I'm a man of God. No, so what God is going to do with this impartation, I, 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 as much as I'm preaching, I don't believe I'm preaching. Or I believe what God is doing more is dealing with your heart. But do you know why he's doing that? So that your election, you will prove your election sure. No, no, what I mean by that is if you believe that you're going to carry a new format of finances, as Pastor Toby said to you, remember I said that we move according to what we heard sent to us. If you believe that you bring forward a new age of finances, it's going to be a thing whereby one, you believe it, you keep speaking it. And what will happen is that your faith will keep growing as you speak. It will keep growing to a place that you will prove, not Pastor Obi trying to prove you, not your mother trying to prove you. You will prove, oh God, oh God. You will prove your election sure. You will know that you're a man of God. A man of God will not be based on if people follow you or not. There's a conviction in your heart. You know that you will be financially free, not because any situation tells you, but there's an election that you're now sure of. It's not maybe, you're not weary, you're not here and there. There's a faith that governs your whole life that we may prove our election sure. This is the sure thing that God wants to do tonight. That as we go into the nations, there's no more hindrance. Why would we go into the nations and see re resistance in the nations? It's not possible. Did you hear what I said? It's not possible. It's not possible. God said to me, on the shores of cities, I said this on crossover, on the shores of cities, men with treasure will meet you there. And he gave me the understanding. He said that these people will have in them the access to the best of the nation. We will not struggle. Language will not be a barrier. Finances will not be a barrier because I'm a man of faith. I produce a word. I produce a world therefore. So what does he say to us? If you have faith and you understand the operations of faith like that of a mustard seed, that though it looks small and to the person that's not a farmer, they will throw it away not knowing what it is. But a farmer knows it and they will take what looks small and put it into the ground. They will put it into a place where it can produce. What will happen? And you will say to this mountain. You will say. I, I can't go past this point, but I want you to know that if you have faith, you will say. Pastor Obi will not be able to discourage you from what you want to say. 
not even a pastor because the word is near thee remember it's in your heart and in your mouth so therefore speak this word of faith but let's move on because it's already late but let's carry on uh, uh, let's go into the story of Jesus Christ one day was because I want to talk to you about little faith and then greater faith Jesus Christ one day was operating by no 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 Jesus Christ was one day walking on the water Matthew 14 verse 22 go for me immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side yeah while he dismissed the crowd after he had dismissed them he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray later that night he was there alone and the boat was already a considerable distance the from boat land. was already considerable considerably far from him and it was being buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it and carry on what happened shortly before dawn Jesus went out to them walking on the lake when the disciples saw him walking on the lake they were terrified this is the problem of disciples you see these were men who had not yet proved their election sure they had been told that they are apostles they had been told that they are men of God. They had been told that there's power. There's a power that works within them. They've been told that God sees them. God hears them. That the God, the one that controls all things is on their side. Yet they see something that appears to be something but is not. That's what it means about being a ghost. They see a situation, you know, someone panics because police come somewhere. A situation that seems to be a way but is not. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? They panic. They have not yet deemed or they have not yet discerned the form of what they see. They call it a ghost. What do, you, what do I mean by that? There's an appearance, but there's no substance to it. You know what threats are? Threats are ghosts. You know, it has an appearance, but there's no substance to it. How many threats have you had? How many has touched you? But you see the disciples who operate by little faith. What's their issue? They see a ghost and what happens? They cry out in fear. Fear and faith can't work together. They see a situation. I want the new gen leaders to listen to me especially because you see, God will do the impossible through you if you believe. It has nothing to do where you're coming from. It has nothing to do with your strengths or weaknesses. It's just if you are stupid enough to believe. As if you're sober enough to believe. As if you're humble enough to believe. These disciples saw a ghost. Something that looked but had no substance. Something that seemed like it was but was not. And they began to cry out in fear. They did not believe. At that moment, a person that believes, listen to me. A person that believes that God is for them. Why would they be afraid of a ghost? Isn't God more to be afraid of? So these, you, you begin to see behavioral patterns in the disciples that actually showed that at this state, yes, called, but they did not yet know their election. Not only that, they did not also prove that God exists. Their life was not proof that God actually exists. Because if they saw ghosts, what is their business with a ghost if God is for them? What's your business with what people are saying if God is for you? 
Who can stand against us if God is for us? These are the words we hear. As I'm speaking, God is putting faith in you. Are you hearing me? Go on, next scripture. What does it say? They said and cried out in fear. Go on. But Jesus immediately said to them. Jesus immediately gave them a reassuring word. He said that this situation that seems like it is, but it's not, it's actually me. No, I need you to hear what I'm saying. You know, there's some problems that makes you want to react in fear and cry out. But God is actually saying, this is still a form of me. Oh God, oh God, are you listening to me? This is still a form of me, you know. You, you suffer lack. And, you know, when you see that lack, you begin to complain. There's an agitation in you. There's a murmur in you and all of these things. But God says, take courage. It is I, it's a form of me. Why does Christ come to his disciples in this form? Because he wants to bring, and when we're talking about the disciples, do not think he's not talking about us. He's talking about us. But why does God come and approach them in a form that seems like it is, but it's not? So that they, he can bring them onto a table where he can prove to them their level of faith. Do you know that every situation you face is just to prove your level of faith? That's why Paul understood that everything about his life was a fight over his faith. No, everything, if it's a ghost, I hope you understand my concept. If it's a ghost, the apparent situation, so you look at your account and your account looks like it's a minus, it's a ghost, you're not really poor. Because you are a son, a daughter of a king who is able to supply your every need. You don't need the bank because he is the bank. He supplies everything. And what he says to us is he gives us a reassuring word in the times of problems that we don't understand. When we're faced with forms that we cannot articulate. He gives us a reassuring word in that time saying, take courage. That this situation, I don't care if it's a threat of an enemy, it's still my doing. But all of this is so that I can prove your faith. Verse 28, go on. Lord, if it is you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Now look at this. Lord, if it is you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Peter said to Christ, for me to know is you, give me a word. Give me a word that will allow me to advance in the midst of this problem. He understood that, yes, he had proximity, so he had the access, he had the right to ask. And he said, in the midst of this problem, give me a word. How do I advance in a, in a year where everything is shut down? Give me a word. God says that COVID is still a form of me to prove your faith. So if you're really Isaac, a man of faith, you will sow and reap a hundredfold. So everything, the famine is to prove those that are children of God. Remember that those that are children of Abraham are those of faith. Don't forget these words. The people that are children of Abraham are those of faith, not those according to blood. They have to be believers too. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the, on the water. Give me a word. And what happens? Come, he said. That's all he said, come. He gave you a word that looked so small. But if you had faith, it would do all that it needs. It will create concrete in water. It will give you ability to walk. 
He said, come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water and came towards Jesus. Please read it for us, sir. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sing, cried out, Lord, save me. A man, though called a leader, though given responsibility, it was still a man of little faith. How dare you say Peter is a man of little faith? He walked on water. He did not complete his journey. A person of little faith cannot go to the end. A person of little faith will start off with the word, will start out with the word, but not see it to the end. You know, Peter was walking, you know, he heard the word come, a word that provided concrete in water. He received that word. He started off with that word, even though he saw the storm. Did, did the storm die down when he asked to walk on water? No, he saw the storm, but when he received the word, the word was all he saw. The word was all he was hearing. And as far as the word was all he was hearing and all he was seeing, he will walk. But what happens to many of us, what happens I think has happened actually to all of us, is that we start off with the word and we realize that when we were lost in the word, we were wandering more and more into the sea. We were wandering more. We were going deeper, further away from safety, further away from the boat. We were getting deeper and further away from man's safety. But all of a sudden, our eyes open. All of a sudden, we deep the problems. All of a sudden, we, we realize our, our debts or our expenses a month is this now. All of a sudden, our eyes open and what happens when you begin to see outwardly then you begin to sink and what happened when he began to sink he cried out lord save me so in case you thought that this man was not one who got lost in the word and he walked far because he got lost in the word listen if he was still close to the boat he would have just grabbed onto the boat but it was closer he was closer to christ than the boat he couldn't even turn back as a fisherman, there's no way that that boat wouldn't have a rope. But he was still within, he was still out of reach of the rope. He had walked too far because of the word. What I want you to understand is that you advance in impossibilities if you get yourself lost in the word. So please, you must begin to pray in your heart if our sessions become overbearing because it seems like we're always in the word. You need to pray because the devil's fighting against your faith. Your faith that would change your countenance. Your faith that would change your story. I don't want the word to be overbearing to me. Lord, give me more words so I can keep moving. So he cried out, Lord, save me. And what will happen? Go on. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. Jesus reached out his hand. This is where we are. We have tried. But we got to a place whereby our faith was not yet greater. Our faith was still little and God being faithful still reaches out our hands. And why I said that, you know, the Bible says you have little faith here. What I find amazing is that when Peter was on the boat, he operated. He walked on the word. The word that said come, he walked on it. But at least he was willing when he realized he was sinking. He was not ashamed to cry out, save me. You know, some people who started off strong, 
You know, some people whose faith brought them into a wealth category, brought them, brought them to a level of word, brought them to a level of followership. They now have people. They now have a name. They are ashamed to cry out. Peter cried out. And what happened? I know we don't see it as this most times. But because he cried out, he walked on water again. Do you think Jesus Christ carried him? Or was dragging him in the water back to the boat? Remember I said that Peter was too far from the boat to see the boat as he's saving power. So Jesus Christ reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? What causes doubt? When you cease hearing, when you stop hearing the word, when you stop seeing the word, everything I see must be word. Once that stops, I will begin to see the storms. My eyes will open to the problems of this world, the distractions of this world. And what happened? He says, you of little faith. He said, why did you doubt? Go on. And when they climbed into the boat. And when they climbed, so they walked back to the boat. He was willing to call out on Christ again and he walked back. This time, you know, when he walked the first time, he walked on the word. This time he walked hand in hand with the word. A person that is not, you know, so what I mean by that is my every step, your word is a lamp to my feet. Every step is determined by word. So I don't walk on a past word. I have a word for every step. Peter walked hand in hand with the word and was able to walk a full journey on water. When they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. So the wind wasn't anything to destroy them, but to rather show the level of faith that the believers were walking by. So I want us to go to a scripture. I, want, I wrote down here, Matthew 8. Let's look at the centurion. I love the fact that priest took us there. Pastor Paris. So I've shown you little faith. When you think of little faith, what, what, what makes you identify little faith? Is fear there? Little faith. If you're wishy-washy with the word, little faith. That faith is not able to produce. What God says to us is that I've sent you out to the nations. I'm calling you out into the nations. I'm calling you into Europe. And you see, like some other countries they're very religious based but where we're going we're going to meet all kinds of things and God says I don't need to send you there with money though you will have money I don't need to send you with too many things though you will have all things but what you need is greater faith because it's only greater faith that can do the works of nations why did he say that Matthew 8 from verse 5 go on when Jesus had entered Capernaum a centurion came to him asking for help yeah lord he said my servant lies at home paralyzed yeah. suffering terribly jesus said to him shall i come and heal him the centurion replied lord i do not deserve to have you come under my roof yeah but just say the word and my servant will be healed for i myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me he he attributed God's power into his life. He understood authority because he was a man of authority. And through that, attributed the ability of God to him. 
But carry on reading. I want us to see a few things. Go on. I tell this one, go, and he goes, and that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, Truly I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. Imagine, the person that, you know, I'm going to show you the story of the Canaanite woman as well. What amazed me when doing study was that the only people that God saw had great faith were people outside of his own nation. Let me say it like this. The only people he attributed great faith to were people that were Gentiles. People who didn't have the luxury of proximity. You know, sometimes when we say that, you know, we speak the word, speak the word, speak the word, speak the word, speak the word. But you know, I always say that there's, a, there's somebody, there's people afar that would take the word more seriously. They would take the word more seriously because greater faith, as much as you may have been hearing it, greater faith isn't an emotion. It's not. Greater faith is a state. And there's certain things that determines that state, which I'll show you tonight. The Bible says in verse 10, when Jesus heard this, another translation said he marveled. He couldn't understand why the people and why I took you to the scripture was then what he began to say about the kingdom of heaven. That's why I took you here. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, truly I tell you, I have not found Imagine he was with the disciples. Imagine that Peter was the one that was going to lead this thing. Imagine that John was the beloved. Imagine that all these guys were here. And he says, I've never found such faith. The faith of the centurion today, or here, was able to bring healing to a nation abroad. Greater faith is what we need for the nations. Carry on reading, go on. I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. Yeah. I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and will take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. Many Gentiles will come. Men, you see the difference with Peter or the disciples and these Gentiles who Christ can say they had greater faith was that, you see, Peter and Cole relied on the fact that they had proximity. I've been stressing this tonight. They stressed, you know, we could have gone into the other scripture when Christ was sleeping on the boat. They, their, their guarantee was that Christ was with them. So, you know, it, this might sound mad what I'm saying, but there's, there's a realm bigger than presence. It's word. Psalm of, uh, 138 now makes more sense. So when we say, you know, I've said that in NIV before, you know, the Bible says that he has exalted his word above his own name, above his own presence, above his own reputation. What is most important in all existence is the word. And that's the realm that God calls us into. Are you listening to me, Aaron? He calls us into that realm that this is not what you can or cannot do. It's if you can take. So, you know, when we look at these men, the centurion and all these Gentiles, what they were, why were they given the name or why was it accredited to them that they had greater faith? 
And Christ goes on to even mention in the presence of the centurion that you see there are many that are subject to the kingdom today that will be casted out for your sake. Do you know why? These were men who took Christ by his word. You know that sounds so simple, but that's the means for greater faith. The fact that you take God for his word, you, you don't think his word is little. When he says it, you believe it. No, you're not hearing me. This, you know, like I said, what we're used to is that we need to have the feelings. Remember I told you about the devotion, the devotion of the man that leads a nation. What he was going to be. You see, have you realized that even with Christ, God would not allow Christ to be with his disciples for too long. Three years they had with him. Because in that, and imagine in that three years, the best of them was still denying Christ. The best of three years was, the, was to the denial of Christ. But when he left, did you see scriptures when he said, it's expedient that I go. He says that in fact, what will mature your faith is that I actually move out of the place of proximity. You will not be, you will not be with me based on touching. What, you, what will now draw us close will be the fact that you believe my word. So what will make us have greater faith? You see, when you look at the centurion, he was a man, the Canaanite woman, and we'll look there in a moment. These were people who labored with the word. They labored with Christ until they got what they were looking for. These were people who took Christ for his word. They were not looking if I get to parade with him like the disciples. They took him at his word. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? I mean, when Pastor Toby speaks, you are actually overjoyed because everything you now need is because he has said it. Once he said it, it's as good as you have in it already. It's as good as it. You're not waiting to have it before you have joy. You have the word. You have the word. You took it. That's greater faith. Uh, uh, someone like, um, oh God, how do I say this now? Someone like a Natalie. She's not in close proximity. But what would she be banking on? The word. She'll be banking on the word. Someone like Sean, you come here. I'm not giving you money. I'm not giving you clothes. But what I'm giving you is what I have faith. Take that faith and you would turn Ireland upside down. Men that can take God by his word. That's all. That's all we need. So I know we can take Europe. Not because of what we have seen or what we haven't seen. I know we can take Europe because there's a word that has been spoken that Europe is ours. That's what we need to hear. I don't get agitated with my today because I have received the word. The only thing that will cause agitation is if you're not receiving the word. Now, that's not for condemnation's sake. That's for you to cry out. When we worship, that's for you to cry out like Peter did so that you can move from little faith to greater faith. We don't need to play around with church. If you're really going to produce things, remember that if you really have that greater faith, mustard seed is greater faith. If you understand that, then you will say it will be inevitable and you will see it. This mountain will move. You will say to this mountain, be removed from here to there and it will respond to you. Why we struggle with life is because we've never known that the sword was not in our hands, it was in our mouth. We have never known when, they, when John saw Christ, the resurrected Christ, the real revelation of the word of God, the sword was, he was bearing the sword in his mouth. 
justice will come through what he says. What he will have tomorrow will come out of what he says. So what I need COD to be is to understand when PT spoke to us and said, you are a house of prophets and prophetesses. What makes you a prophet is that your words don't fall to the ground. Use it. Speak what God is saying. And some people will begin to say, oh, what does that mean? Listen, don't worry if people hear you or not. Just speak it. What happens is that, you know what happens? Malachi showed us this. You know Malachi 3.16, I won't go there, but it says that, listen, these men, they met together and they talked with one another. And the Bible says, and the Lord listened in and heard them. And a book of remembrance was written in his presence. Meaning, as we are speaking these words, it doesn't matter who believes it or not. When we speak these words, God releases angels to bring it into manifestation. He releases them to make it happen. I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and will take their places at the feast with Abraham. Go on. Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I told you, what offends God? Unbelief. So it doesn't matter if you're here today. If there's unbelief, that's what offends God. What I'm actually trying to say to you is that don't allow anything to pull you out of this. I I was saying to some people, sometimes, you know, your thought pattern on sin is the very reason that makes you think. It makes you think. It's not true. What God wants to move us, let me say this first, actually. What God wants to move us out of, and that's why I've been emphasizing this point. He wants to move us out of feelings into the realm of knowledge. You know, when you really know the word. So, you know, like before, let me be honest with you, before, if I feel like a service is going to really be powerful, I need to have a feeling. God said, that's immature. You should take me by my word that I said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. That's great of faith. So what I'm saying is that the centurion or the Canaanite woman, these were people, they, they were men, they were women, not of befitting circumstances. Their circumstances didn't seem beneficial to them. It didn't seem favorable. Yet they took him by the word. You know the centurion, go back to verse 5. Verse 5, go on. When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. Jesus said to him, shall I come and heal him? I love that. He says, do you want me to come? What does he say next? Go on. The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word. I'm not worthy, but give me your word. I'm not worthy of your presence even, but give me your word. These were men that there was a propensity in them. There was a configuration in them to know that word is bigger than feelings. Word was bigger than proximity. If you're daring enough, to hear the words we say so when I it was the other day and I was saying this to one of the teams I was saying this that the other day God just started making me think from the perspective of 10 years on he said think about from 2031 what Europe would have become you know that's what's going to drive you you know the Christ actually the Bible actually says that Christ he saw what was ahead and endured today so I can actually, so what we get to a place is that we see our future and that begins to pull us there. 
Joseph had to see where he was going and that was going to pull him. That was what was going to make him remain righteous and, and faithful to God even in a heathen nation. He said, Lord, I do not deserve to have you under my roof. Don't worry about presence or proximity. Don't worry about that. Just give me your word. I know your word is powerful. It's able. And my servant will be healed. By this, my servant will see life again. This is what I want us to hear. So these are the things that God wants us to know that there's a realm and this realm that is greater faith is the ability to take the word. You see, for us, let me tell you something. We will take nations, we will hold the gates of nations just because we have the word. We will hold it. it I, I don't care if today is, let's say today is Tuesday. Let's say today is Tuesday, right? I don't care if today is Tuesday and we need something to favor us on Wednesday. But it looks on Tuesday that there's nothing. If we are bold enough to say, if there's someone, even a little boy amongst us, to have faith to say that by this time tomorrow, situations will happen for our sake. Then Wednesday will be according to as you have said. Do you know why people die? They anticipate a death. They said it with their mouth. Life and death is in, your, in the fruit of your lips, right? It's there. So what I want COD to understand is that, listen, you don't need to look it. We don't need to look at a nation and think, what's the language barrier here? We just need to have a word. If we have the word, then we'll be met. I said, I want, I want to revive. You see, what well, God said, he wants to revive our faith today. This is what he said to me upstairs in prayer. I said, I want to revive the faith in you. So I have to remind you of some things. When we went to Kent, did we know anybody? I remember in 2017 when we went to Kent, we, for us to do a takeover, we had never done a takeover before then. But for us to do a takeover, it took less than a week to prepare. And I remember when we actually went to evangelize there, we just stepped out because we believed that we needed to go. Once we got to Kent, I remember for those of you that were here with, that was here with us then, I remember when we went to Kent. Do you know why we took Kent? I remember a few weeks before we took Kent, Pastor Toby, we asked um, Pastor Toby some questions and he told us to go to Kent. But then we didn't know its word. Do you understand? But a word was given to us to go and take Kent. We went to Kent. When we got there, we did not know where we were going to go because we don't know the university. And what happened? Look at this. This is what I want to tell you about the realm of faith. I was saying this to some people the other day. Look about the realm of faith. We went to Kent. When we went to Kent, you would think where you would need to go is where everyone's gathered, noisy, right? Because you want to talk to them. When we got to Kent, we said to ourselves, uh, someone, I can't remember who it was. Someone said to us, let's go to the library. You know, when you think about this now, you want to go and evangelize, but you're going to somewhere where you're meant to be quiet. We went into the library. We sat in the um, reception area and two girls came saying that we have seen you guys before they then took us to one other place or so forget that they took us somewhere else but they took us to a room that was opposite a big clash event so as soon as we were done the big clash event was done the people that we needed to evangelize to were there we evangelized and from there we took Kent 
We went to other nations or other cities. What I said to you before is that you see these city takeovers, they were testing grounds for nation taking. That you don't need to know the dimensions of the place you're going. All you need is the words that took you there. And when you get there, like I said, two girls who said they knew us on the shores. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? On the shores of cities, of nations, you will have people that will give you access to that city. When Pastor Toby says to us that COD should have about a thousand to two thousand, he said a thousand, I heard two thousand by the way. He said two thousand people. For me, I knew that by that word and my agreement with it, it will be so. Let's end this quickly. Go to the Canaanite woman. Um, what's the scripture reference? 15:28. Matthew 15:28. Let's round up so we can worship and pray. A Canaanite woman from that vicinity came to him, yeah. crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is demon-possessed and suffering terribly. Jesus did not answer a word. You know, at first, what she was looking for was a word, but he didn't give her the word. But you see, she kept on going. You know, when we prayed the other day and Jesus Christ drew the... the um, the metaphor he gave us a story and he said listen because you were not shameless you was you were shameless in your asking i granted it to you jesus did not give her what she wants but she kept going what was she looking for not for jesus to come but for a word i want to leave you tonight with thoughts that whenever the word is coming every day you'll be longing for a word what graceful touch needs is not an investment of money they need a word first I've been saying to one of your brothers, until he believes, can you do an investment? Can you do a business without investment? It sounds stupid, right? What does that even mean? What I'm trying to say is that your faith is not in the actual investment. Your faith is actually that there's a word spoken over you. Jesus did not answer a word. Go on. So his disciples came to him and urged him, yeah. send her away, for she keeps crying out after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. Mm. The woman came and knelt before him. Lord, help me, she said. He replied, it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Yes, it is, Lord, she said. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that Im fall. Imagine Christ said it is not right. She came back to him and said it is right. You know, faith is audacious, you know. Faith is, is the character, it's the breathing, it's the walk of a person filled with the Spirit. It's, it's a bold, you see, faith, yeah, it's, it's a character of a bold person. I, I want you to look at what I just said to you. He, Jesus Christ said, it's not right. She responded saying, yes, it is, and then explained why it is. Can your faith produce a world for you? Are you able to labor in the word? You know, we've heard things like labor and prayer, and that's good. But can you use word to labor? Can you go back and forth? Do you know who did that? You know, this was not the first person that did that. Remember I told you that scripture actually said, yeah, that those who are subject of the kingdom will be kicked out for those far and wide from the west and the east. Why? Because they labored. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Jacob fought God. 
and overcame him. He labored and what was he said? He said, I will not go until you bless me, until you say something to me. I will not let you go. This situation will not. Listen, God, I will hold you ransom until you give me your word. And these may sound weird, the things I'm saying to you, but please, it was Jesus Christ that gave us the metaphor that if you went to a friend at night, you're basically holding him ransom by your constant asking. And for him to be relieved, he has to answer you. I don't know about you, but I am full of faith. I'm full of faith for our finances. COD, let me tell you something. I don't care who hears this. You will give more than you've ever given this year. We will. And you know, the, you know what will be confirmation of this word is that the things in the world will get worse. God does not make situations easier to prove his word. In fact, he makes it harder to prove his word. So things in the world will get worse and worse. But what God will begin to give us is insight into hidden treasures. When it comes to evangelism, yes, there'll be the strategy you put in place, but then there's a word that you're sitting on that this, this is my permission for the nations. You say to God, this is what you said. You, you exalted your word above you. So you have to do it. Again, we have to be like people who wrestle with God until we receive what we're asking from him. Yes, it is, Lord. Let's end this. Go on. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Yeah. Then Jesus said to her, Woman, you have great faith. Again, you have great faith. We didn't know that we can wrestle with the word. We can labor in the word. We didn't know that a person that was not given the right to receive the word can, by their faith, have access. We didn't know that a Jericho was going to be destroyed, but there will be a woman by her faith that will have entry into Israel. What I want you to understand is that faith actually defies laws. Faith actually goes beyond barriers. So you see with us guys, we need to, you know, we need to remove everything in our mind that combats faith. So I don't know, as this word is going on, I don't know what it is you are saying in your heart or what God is putting in your heart. I just hope you will say, Kai, I want you to get ready. I just hope that you will have something that will burn in you and you will not be able to not say it. God wants us to speak if you have faith. Like the mustard seed, you will speak. You will say so as we enter a moment of worship, as we close tonight, what I want you to do is to begin to say, begin to speak. Let me tell you something. When God, God told me to say this to you last week and I repeat it. When the word is spoken, there is power available. So you may have sickness. Someone messaged me today and I didn't respond to them. Listen, you may have sickness. This is not Pastor Ovi. This is God's word. You hold God by his word and you say, I will not let you go until you perform this word over my life. I have more faith in this because Pastor Toby said, you've already missed out on the power of God when you think that it's the will of God for you to be sick. God does not punish his kids. The Bible says that I wish above all things that you prosper and live in good health. So I don't care if the sickness has been told by doctors that it's a permanent condition. 
you say the word breaks laws. The word, the word of faith has audacity. Greater faith has he deposited in you and I tonight. So with that faith, I want you to begin to speak. We're going to enter a moment of worship, drawing closer to God. And from that moment, we're going to push, push until we get to a realm of speaking. Choir, when you're ready, I want you to go straight for it. I want you...